the podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. a new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and my companion in this endeavor, Ooh. Drew Douglas. That sounds steamy. Well, we're about to get steamy and slashery because we're about to dive into that world. Are you ready? <laughs> what world? Of child's play. Oh, okay, all right. Wait, uh, I thought we were doing Toy Story 4. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah, well, we decided to switch it up last minute. Did you see both of them? I hope so. No, I'm not seeing I'm not seeing TS4 unless I have to. TS4. Which I might have to. Which, at this moment of recording, it's coming in a little below expectation to the box office. So, Toy Story 4 not doing as well as what even Disney predicted. We're at a point in time where, let's say, $120 million is not doing well. That's crazy. We're calling this weekend... Alternative programming, <laughs> because we saw Child's Play. Especially for us. Well, thank you for joining us at Quality Check Podcast. If this is your first time listening, here we cover a new movie and return to something we've seen before to see if it holds up or gets better. And in this case, we're going to Child's Play. There's a little controversy surrounding this title, and it's creator. <laughs> We'll get into that later, but that tease is just nuts. I've learned a lot about Child's Play while doing research for the original film, and I was blown away. And I know you've talked about Don Mancini as well. And yeah, we've, we've talked about this before. It's just one of those things that you never know what you're going to get when you're dealing with a guy who still is holding on to this franchise as tight as Chucky holds on to a knife. Well, wouldn't you, though? I would, yeah, absolutely. Because he has been involved for three decades. It's interesting how he was, I wouldn't say kicked to the curb, but then he came around to the franchise and he's been so hands-on for decades. As he said in an interview right before we we pressed record, he said three decades. With every movie, with every Chucky movie, he has written. Mm Mm-hmm. And... I, I, I can't wait to talk about that because there are some things I am ready and very excited to share with you listeners out there. This is how our episode will work this time around. We will dive into the first child's play, as in, I should say, the new child's play. Then we'll talk about the old child's play that was made in 1988, how almost 30 old, years ago. How old were you? I literally was... Probably 0.2 years old. Ooh, I was about two and a half years old. Yeah, I was. That 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 was the year. That was the year of Rain Man. 
I'm an excellent driver. Yeah, that's good. Come on, come on. <laughs> sure. And, 1988. And also Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Good one. We'll talk about that later on this episode. Is Rain Man going to be connected somehow? No, not at all. Okay, I didn't know if Dustin Hoffman was originally going to voice Chucky or something. I hope so, because I could see him doing a fabulous job with that. And also at the end of this episode, we will talk to you about our summer movie rankings where we bring up five films that we have seen and we've talked to you about on this podcast and we'll rank those accordingly. We've got five of those. We've got Child's Play, mm-hmm. Brightburn, Check. Ma, yeah. what am, uh, Endgame, and the fifth one, I'm forgetting. What is that? That's Man, not a good It's not Men good. Black. Men in Black okay. International. That's how... <laughs> Forgettable that movie is. There, that, I knew there was a reason why I was forgetting that. And that was the last one we covered right before this. That's more or less the best way to describe our feelings on Men in Black International. But if you want to know more, go listen to that episode. Before we begin this episode, we wanted to give a shout out and thanks to our sponsor, Caslin Corp. If you're looking at staying connected in a way you never imagined, check out Caslin Corp. Go to their website, www.caslincorp.com. You can find some amazing products there that we'll talk to you about later. So thank you for sponsoring us. Now, let's jump into Child's Play 2019. Mom, I need to tell you something, and I need you to believe me. I think Chucky did something. something you better tell me something's wrong with chucky got a question for you what's that what is your favorite lars cleveberg movie that's tough i think i'm saying that right yeah i would assume so Clevberg? yeah you are you are lars cleveberg i don't know well i don't think anybody can answer that because this is basically this is it it well he did do a movie <laughs> called polaroid which I heard about a while ago, and it's hmm. like creepy old camera. I, like I take a picture of you, and then you probably die some. Oh, right, right, right. I don't think that's come out in the U.S. But anyway, Lars directed this 2019 version of Child's Play. I love it. The movie was written by Tyler Burton Smith. Again, nothing much what's, that this person has done. Yeah, what's Tyler been up to? Other than Child's Play. Some video game work, some writing. Hmm. He's also writing Kung Fury 2, which is a feature-length continuation of the popular 2016 short film Kung Fury. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I guess, I, according to IMDb, Michael Fassbender is starring in this movie. What? Fassbender? Maybe he's on this role of getting a ton of bad roles. He's where on it's a like, role of just, I don't give an F. <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. It's what I, happened to Fassbender? It's IMDb. Take that as... Uh, however you want, because I don't mm. know if that's accurate. Sure. Uh, anyway, Child's Play came out June 21st, 2019, running time, a lean, mean 90 minutes, probably a tad less if you take out those end credits. Budget, we're not sure. I couldn't find it. I'm guessing 15 to mm-hmm. $20 million. This weekend, it's estimated to make around $17 million, which is pretty good. Really good. Considering it is against Toy Story 4, the new... Pixar movie that's got everyone buzzing about it. 
everyone buzzing about it, and a lot of new voices that I thought would end up bringing and attracting more people to the Toy Story franchise. But Do you think that Keanu would bring in that John Wick audience? I think he would bring in an older audience for sure, yeah. I don't necessarily know about the older audience, but we've got in Toy Story 4, there's Keanu, there's Kian Peel. They're back together, but just voicing. And I find it funny that Peel is so busy. He really hasn't been doing, from my understanding, a lot to promote Toy Story 4. But then again, you end up having the original gang to do the, all of that work. Yeah, you want Tim Allen and or, or Tom Hanks. Tom to Hanks, which I, I really wonder if that's going to be his final ride. But... Everyone thought that with Toy Story 3. Whose final ride? Tom Hanks. Because apparently he got really emotional talking about Woody, but he had a good story about Toy Story and how they he took his family to Disney World. They were watching this scene play out, and it was like all the characters on this boat waving goodbyes, like the Steamboat Willie scene, but they had all of the major characters on this boat. And his daughter started crying. He's like, why are you crying? And she said, look, you're waving at us. And it was Woody on the end of the boat waving to everyone. How old is his daughter? 30 Six. years old, I think. <laughs> but she, she apparently got really choked up over that. Yeah, I mean, that's a lifetime of, you know, your dad's work on screen. But that's outside of the film. I'm, I'm really curious if that's over. I don't think... This new child's play is over, though, because it's going to rake in some dough and will do more more than what I expected. Rotten Tomatoes, do you know what the uh, score is? Last time I checked, I think it was like 69? It's 60%, so still fresh. Again, another surprise. Mm -hmm. We thought this was going to get, I would have predicted, we haven't done this in a while for some reason. I would have probably guessed around 24%. Yeah. I didn't think anybody would be you know, critic-wise, would be interested. Sure. The cast includes Aubrey Plaza. She plays Karen Barkley. Karen in the in the original is older. Mm-hmm. Aubrey's younger. Gabriel Bateman plays Andy. Andy's mm-hmm. younger in the original. He's older in this one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get into that. We have Brian Tyree Henry from Loves. Atlanta. Uh, he is Detective Mike Norris. Tim Matheson is in this sporadically as Henry Caslin, founder and CEO of Caslin Corp. And then we have Mark Hamill, the voice of Chucky. This movie is rated R. Bloody horror violence and yep. language throughout. This is a hard R movie. Yeah, parents looking for a film to take their kids to. Not this film. Definitely not this film. But if you're looking, older adults are like, you know what? Toy Story 4 not cutting it. Then this is the movie that you go see. So we kind of whiffed just casually talking. We didn't make, we didn't make official predictions. But mm-hmm. we said... Um, box office probably wouldn't do that well. I think it's doing okay. We didn't think the Rotten Tomato score would be very good, and mm-hmm. it's doing all right. Mm-hmm. And you and I wondered if this would be PG-13 mm-hmm. to bring in the extra bucks, and it is not. I don't know. This is a surprise in a lot of ways. Yeah. Now, uh, we talked about controversy because Don Mancini created Chucky, and he co-wrote the original 1988 movie, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. He's also penned all six sequels, including the most recent ones, Curse and Cult of Chucky. Ooh. But Mancini nor Brad Dorff, who starred and voiced in the original Chucky, he's been doing it for all these decades with Mancini. They have no involvement with this movie. Nowhere to be found. Orion rebooted the franchise, essentially. And then later came to Mancini, was like, do you want to be an executive producer on this? Mancini was like, I had no involvement in this. You guys didn't ask my input. And he was offended that they would reboot it without, (laughs) one, him being involved, and he's got something going on. So 
He declined. He's boycotting it. Brad Dorf is boycotting it. And so are several other cast members. Mm-hmm. Now, Mancini is still involved with Chucky. He's working on a show for the Sci-Fi Network. And there's no word yet on what that story is about. But we're assuming a continuation of his movies. I can't decide or, or really find out. Is it supposed to be called Child's Play, the show? Or is it supposed to be called Chucky? I would imagine they do the Chucky route because that's kind of what they've been doing. Yeah. It's, I think since Bride of Chucky, Chucky has been in the name sure. of all of these. Well, and the reason why they switched from Child's Play to Chucky is more or less graduating Chucky out of Andy. Yeah, Andy was gone by the third one. Andy, or uh, the third one is his final one. Andy being the the main character, the boy who more or less takes in Chucky or receives him as a gift. And then once we get Chucky in the title of the films, then we're on to just him slashing his way through random people. Now, we do say Curse of Chucky is the last one that we've gotten. Actually, Colt is the last one, but in Curse of Chucky, Andy is in that movie. Yeah, that's right, which I need to go and watch. I, You know what? He's in Cult of Chucky, too. He is in the last two, oh. so it all kind of has come full circle. Okay. I don't think – I want to say in Cult, he's not – it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't think he's in that one a ton. I don't remember. It's oh, wait, been a while. wonder if he's introduced and set up and then the story's continued into the next film. Regardless, I actually really want to go and watch those films now after watching not only the new one, but the old. I'm interested in rewatching Child's Play 2 and 3 mm-hmm. just to kind of finish off that trilogy. Well, I remember when Child's Play 2 came out. I liked Child's Play 2 more whenever I was younger because it was crazier, like, the kills were crazier. It didn't waste as much time trying to dive into this whole origin of Chucky. Just You got Chucky. You got this deranged doll going about his business. But I feel like, from what I can remember, it's been a while, but Child's Play 2 played off a little bit like Evil Dead 2. I, have, I can't remember. By the end of Child's Play, you, I can't think of a way that you can bring Chucky back. Yeah. But they somehow do, obviously. Yeah. And I can't remember how they do it. So that's kind of why I want to go rewatch those again. And that's where I feel like it kind of plays off of that. I, I want to say a reboot, like what Evil Dead 2 did with Evil Dead. But I feel like Child's Play 2 did something where it kind of took it in another direction. And I don't want to say soft reboot, but something along the lines of that. Where does, where does Child's Play sit on your horror franchises? Because for mm. me... It would be probably mid to lower tier. Yeah. It's not a Friday Friday the 13th or a Halloween for me. Yeah. It's low. I would say lower for me. Whenever I was younger, I liked it more. Mainly because I think I was able to get into it and my interest have just shifted. I still think it's decent, but it's not one of those that I would return to. When we were talking about this and texting about the first film, the 1988 version... I told you that there was a time where I would return and watch one through three almost annually. And it was kind of like, you know, watching the Leprechaun films on St. Patrick's Day or something like that on sci-fi. But these films, the Child's Play films, would be on sci-fi and I'd watch them. And it was a lot like that. And almost annually I'd do that. And then I just never followed through with the films that came after that, the Chucky films. I think this would be above Texas Chainsaw for me. That's yep. limited because of the villain. I think a lot of the reason these work so well is because Chucky is so much fun. Yeah. 
And he's got such a little potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, I actually feel like the original tomb, while looking into the creation of Chucky and what they decided to do within the original, it was inspired by several things that looking back, I'm like, oh, I see that now. And it makes it a lot of fun, even more fun, I'll say. So this was on your radar to watch? This f- Had just we not the been new covering f- oh, this yeah. new one, you would be in theaters watching Oh, it. yeah, 100%. I would, too. I mean, this is one I didn't expect great things out of, but being what it is and the cast that it has, which features at least one person that I like a lot. Audrey Plaza. I... <laughs> I'm so indifferent on her. I don't know if I can say if I don't like her or like her. In this or just in general? In general. Because I I, I know her. Every time I think of her, I think of Parks and Rec. Mm. And her character is one of my least favorite on that show. I always think of, is it Mike and Dave need wedding dates? Yeah. And she She had a string of playing basically the same character on those. Which was just like a drunk skank. (laughs) Which was kind of the complete opposite, basically, of what she was in Parks and Rec. Oh, I wonder if she ended up doing that because of that reason. Regardless, it's something that I looked to and her for this film and thought that she was a little different, but she still kind of played the same. We'll get into that in a moment. If you don't know the plot of this movie, it is a remake and a reboot of the original 1988 movie of the same title. And it follows a family that is terrorized by a high-tech doll that rejects its programming and becomes self-aware, which is quite a shift from the original 1988 movie. Let's do fill-in-the-blank. Ready. For Child's Play, you go first. Child's Play. I, and one thing, too. We've, we've gotten into a habit. We've, we were, we're on a little roller coaster. Sometimes, for a long time, we never said what we thought to each other mm-hmm. prior to recording and then we've gotten to the habit of now we're just like spilling the beans before because it's like, who cares? We're still going to talk about it. Yeah. Now, I saw this a couple hours ago, which usually we let things settle. You saw this last night. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what you think. I'll go right into this. Yeah, Won't I want to know. Time. I'm nervous. Child's Play sure. 2019 is a bloody surprise. Ooh, that's very similar to mine. I was going to say Child's Play 2019 is my first summer surprise. Okay. Both of us said surprises. Yeah. As soon as, like maybe 10 or 15 minutes into this film, I got good feelings. Maybe maybe not even that. It was almost right away. Yeah, I'm going to echo that and say within the first minute and a half, two minutes, I was on board. Yeah. One, because I think this is kind of a slick-looking movie. And then just... I think it instantly knows what it is. Mm-hmm. I was tired whenever I went in to see this. And I was still excited. A lot like whenever I returned to the original film. I was just ready to watch a movie. But more importantly, when you watch a good horror film or just a film that knows what it is, you kind of you know adjust in your seat. You sit up a little bit. You're more in tune with it. And you're just hooked. That's what happened with me while watching this. And when we get this introduction of this IT or this designer who is just daydreaming about whatever, we don't know. It's a, he's an assembly factory worker in Vietnam. And he, he The whole introduction to why 
Buddy, or I guess Chucky, does what he does is completely insane. And it's totally different than the original film. Way different. And I really liked it. And it's something that I was immediately on board with. Let's get into the differences real quick. Because in the original 1988 movie, it's not a Vietnamese assembly factory worker that sparks... I guess we need to talk about this new one. So in this new one, we're introduced to this factory Mm -hmm. worker. And then his boss uh, is verbally and physically abusive. And it's just like, finish creating that doll, quit daydreaming, and you're fired. And this worker... (laughs) This worker takes it upon himself to basically turn off all the, uh, what would you say? It was all of the... They're like limitations on what this buddy doll can do. Yeah, parental um, guides or restrictions. So any language barriers, any violence barriers. Which, why would you have a violence barrier on... I no guess it's clue. AI, so it's very advanced. We seem to be living in a future where I, AI was maybe further along than it is right now. Yeah. Because this doll ends up essentially acting as a human being yeah. and thinking cognitively. So this Vietnamese worker turns all that off and then lets the doll ship away and then he kills himself. He just jumps out the window and I was surprised by that immediately. And at first I thought, wait, did the doll immediately come alive and, and do that? No, no, no. Nah. This guy just decided to jump out the window. He was done. He, he did Because his, he knew uh, what he did, what he was... Sending over to the U.S. And he immediately puts Kaslan's stock in jeopardy. By <laughs> He sets off a chain of events where he could single-handedly take down Kaslan Industries. So that's the biggest shift because in the 1988 version, we meet a serial killer who is dying. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into this when we talk about the old one. Mm-hmm. But he uses voodoo to take his soul and put it into a doll. So he's literally living in a doll. Right. Did you like the shift of AI, AI gone bad? versus having Chucky actually be a human being or what was once a human person. There is a third, a tangent, whenever we talk about the original, about the original story that Mancini had for Child's Play or the story that he had at the time that was before it was touched up and doctored by all these Hollywood script doctors. But I will say... I liked them taking a different direction, getting out of this voodoo realm. You know, I think that worked well for the 80s with it being this nostalgic horror film that was just kind of bonkers and it was just nutty. This takes a more grounded approach in which I appreciated and respected them doing, but it felt like the Terminator in a doll's body. And this is more or less, it seems like the rise of the machines, but it was because of this guy who's assembling in this factory. And he's like, you know what? I've had enough. And we don't know a lot about this guy and why he decided to do this. And he's obviously... He's, just, he's sick of getting treated like a piece of crap. And he's just, there's like nothing left to life, more or less, for him that we get. But I like that. It's like a class. It's a prank that he never gets to see unfold, but he... He goes uh, to his grave knowing that he did something <laughs> wild. I, I, I have to say I liked it, and I've been stewing about that. Thinking I'm still about stewing it. about it. So I don't honestly can't say if I really liked it, loved it. I think I'm right in the middle. I liked it. Well, this is what I admire about it, and I don't know if I like it better, but we are 
like we keep covering these movies that are remakes slash reboots, and we've seen so many remakes lately that don't do enough to differentiate themselves from the original. And they don't say anything new. They don't say anything new. And at least with this one, the, the core story is the same, but they go above and beyond yeah. to make this it's a brand new thing, which I admire. Yeah, I Whether or not I, it's great, the tech thing is very smart. Whether or not I like it as much is kind of irrelevant because they take a risk and actually change a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, we also have this idea of what we talked about before on another show in terms of this being very, you know, could be heavy handed in terms of IT and us more or less just devoting our lives to technology and living in this world. This this goes into that. And I like that because this film is all about the tech and it really sets up the true horror is that is our reliance on that. And I have to say, for the most part, it really worked. If Kaslan is Apple, what is like the Android in this universe? Oh, because that's the, interesting. Because the their stock is going up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. We're never really introduced into this secondary co- this secondary company. We're not. Maybe that would be it, where the competitor <laughs> ends up shooting up in success after the buddies take over and... Their company also builds into this where the AI is, is then taking over humanity. Because we, it's more or less insinuated toward the end of the film, like, oh, here we go. Near the end of this movie, when things really go haywire, that's the kind of stuff I expected them to do in a sequel, by the way. Oh. Where we're introduced to all these various buddies that are hitting the market, and then they start losing their crap. But I love that they did not waste any time. They're like, we're jumping they into that now. They did it. I know. It's great. Um, so let's get into some of the good and the bad. Sure. What were your favorite things about this remake? Favorite things. I'll start from the bottom. Uh, third, I will say that overall, with the film being a surprise, the one thing that surprised me the most was its willingness to address this in its own terms and come to child's play and kind of give you this nostalgic feeling for what it is, but really develop its own character uh, for the story, for Chucky, for the looks and the sound. We'll get into that later, but I'll just say for right now, it really just decided to do its own thing, to take the name, but expand on that. Number two, Brian Henry. I loved him in this. He's a lot of fun. I've loved him as Paperboy in Atlanta. All about that Paperboy. Yeah. Paperboy, Paperboy, always about that Paperboy. If you ain't on your grind, then you flexing, use a hater boy. Paperboy, Paperboy, always getting Paperboy. If you ain't making money, then you ain't a money maker boy. Paperclip. I loved him in White Boy Rick. Did you no, see I that haven't by? seen that yet. I, I didn't know he was in that. Not, it's he's not, in like 37 movies in the last year and a half. He's basically. in a ton. He was the father figure in the uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. He did a great job with voicing in that uh, Miles Morales' father. And he is just a guy that I love seeing or hearing because all around he seems talented I was 
really curious going into this film what I'd think about him. But he made that role more fun, and I felt like he kind of brought something to this film that I was not expecting. And I have to say he did that more than any of the other actors I felt. The, his take on, or I guess their take on Detective Mike North, who is in the original, is quite a bit different. Yes. The relationship that he has with Andy especially is developed quite a bit more. He is actually looking out for Andy and from the beginning, he just sees this boy sitting in the hallway of an apartment and he strikes up a relationship and there is just kind of a throwaway line about you're just making police fun again. We're not all, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you don't need to be scared of me. And he kind of strikes up the friendship before all hell breaks loose. But it's also with his character. With Brian, we see where he at times, even though he's working as this homicide detective, he's not all that happy with his job at times. You get that. This kind of peeling back the onion layers of his character that even though he's trying to be this nice guy, and he is, not only to this kid, but his mom, I really like that aspect where he was going and visiting his mom. And that brought another element. Anytime we got to see him and his mother together or him over at his mom's, I thought that was one of my favorite parts of this film overall with all characters. And the number one thing that I liked about this film, I love me a good bots are taking over story. Anytime there's AI, any kind of Terminator type storyline, I dig it. Now it can be overdone if you do it too much. Like I feel like the Terminator franchise has outstayed its welcome. I'm worried if they continue these stories that it could do the same thing. But at least for now, for this film, I don't think so. I liked it. I enjoyed it. And it has, in my opinion, earned a nice place in the horror staple of of new modern realizations of old horror films. We're in a weird spot because I like this a lot too. And I'm wondering, what does that mean for Don Mancini? When people see this movie and they like it, where does that put him? At a very big disadvantage, I think. Because as much as I like his last two, which are Curse and Colt, I think this is better. Oh. I think it's a better looking movie. I think it's just better in general. And honestly, we're, we're kind of backtracking going back to the original because this is the origin of this new version. So that's kind of not fair to say that to against Mancini because this is basically his story but modernized. I, I think that puts him in a tricky spot because mm-hmm. he, can he can't trash this too much more because if people are, respond to it well and they're going to keep making these movies yeah. and then you're kind of stuck being the old fart yeah. that just <laughs> won't be like, okay, man, it's, it, it was a success and good for them. I don't know. It'd be It's going to be fun to see what he has to say next. Well, especially like Carpenter. I feel like will it get to a point where John Carpenter, even though that was more or less after the second Halloween, he just walked away for trying to develop that into something more. Actually, I, st- I stand corrected. The third Halloween film after that, he was like, all right, I'm not going to win this battle. I'm stepping away. Is Mancini going to have the same approach if this does well? Say they come out with the second film, he's like, no, still won't have it, trashing it. And then the third one comes out, and he's like, okay, whatever, I give up. Maybe, I, I kind of predict maybe something like that will happen. I think he just, it's like a breakup. He's going to do his yeah. thing with Chucky, 
and Orion will do its thing because it owns the characters and the story that they can do what they want. It's going to be a bad breakup. And it's I already just, not good. It's already not good, but it's it's made more entertaining for us because of how you and I responded to this, which is we liked it. Yeah. I think this movie was surprisingly very dark and funny. Yeah. This has some of the most gruesome kills I've seen in a while. And it's set up well. It's not throwaway deaths. Yeah, there are fun deaths where it's set up and you see what's coming and they have a lot of fun kind of building the angst up a little bit. I was surprised by this in a number of ways and disappointed in others. I don't know if you want to get to what doesn't work. Yeah. Because maybe my least favorite thing is Mark Hamill. Really? Okay, I was going to say that's mine. I was going I don't know if this will end up being something that we argue about, but I was going to say his voice comes off too much like the Joker at times as like his Mark Hamill's voice of the Joker. I think going back to my issue with why Hamill doesn't work as well is in those originals, we briefly for a minute and a half meet Brad Dorff's character and we know he's this notorious serial killer and he carries the baggage into Chucky when he puts his soul mm-hmm. into that doll's body. With this, it's AI and at times I had trouble grasping what Chucky could do because he basically can do anything. He becomes self-aware and it's just another human being. And I just miss the aspect. The voodoo aspect for me is always captivating. I like that. And I think that makes Chucky better. It definitely personalizes and in this case humanizes this character who otherwise, how can you relate to a doll? I think they are suffering a little bit from the ability to do so in that relationship with the viewer of saying, hey, how can we make this doll relatable? Other than, I mean, this sense of, it's like I said, Alexa, more or less. I've been thinking more and more about this ever since watching the film. Would it have been better if you could choose your own voice to come out of Chucky? Kind of like a GPS. You get to set what it sounds like. Would it have been better if they went down the list and then, for example, what if it I don't know if it should have been meta, but it is like this Mark Hamill voice. And then he chooses Mark Hamill, and then it's stuck on that voice for the rest of the time. He tries to change it, and it won't change. Maybe they should have done something like that. There was a little bit of disconnect with the voice, and it well, we just... Didn't, we didn't hear about Hamill till March 2019. So I wonder if they brought him on at the very end. I'm sure this was a very late get. They had already shot everything. There is the disconnect. I think that's the good word. And... I think it's just missing the baggage of what makes Chucky so fun is to have a man, this awful person in a doll's body, saying the most obscene stuff. And Hamill says obscene stuff in this, but it's all taught or it's all stuff that he watched and is repeating that or that the kids Mm -hmm. told him to say. And it loses some of the fun, at least for me, of what makes Chucky so uh, just entertaining. Yeah. That's a misfire for me, which is a bummer. I don't mind this, but in in terms of it being this voice or this being of AI that seems very flat, there's something very scary about that to me that is just no matter what you say, no matter what situation you put this character in or this thing, that it's going to react with no emotion. That's scary. 
At the same time, how do you make that character come alive through voice? That's a difficult question. I don't know if I really have an answer for that, but it just did not really work with the voice. Is there something to, you can still do the voodoo aspect, but instead of voodoo, he's putting his consciousness into some sort of tech that goes into Chucky? I mean, that would more or less be the guy who's assembling Chucky, and he's like, I'm going to make him. maniac. Yeah. Exactly. And we spend a little bit of time with him and he's maybe designing this, coding it, whatever he wants to hack it yeah. in his spare time. And we see that he's just so fed up with working in these conditions that he's staying late at work and he's doing all of this. Or maybe he's programming him based off of his boss. And he's like, I have to live with this guy pushing me around for 18 hours, 20 hours a day in this awful condition. Now I'm going to make whoever takes this doll to have to live under that as well. I think that would be interesting. And maybe that is what they're alluding to, but we never really spend that much time with him to really get that. What else didn't work? Because there's a few other things I didn't like. One, we had predicted this was going to be kids teaming up to stop Chucky. Mm-hmm. And we get that to a degree but some of these kids in this in this movie, not excluding Andy uh, Gabriel Bateman, who I, I thought did pretty well. Yeah. Some of the other kids in this movie, namely the actor that plays Pug, awful. Some of these kids are really yeah. bad. I felt like you don't need kids in this movie. I felt like they were starting to play almost to a stereotype of the, these kids living in this suburb. Which, by the way, the original film took place in Chicago. Do we ever really know where this took place? I didn't know until I looked it up after, but it it is Chicago. Okay. I'm sure his badge, um, oh. Tyree says that somewhere. It looked like grimy New York to me, but mm-hmm. it is apparently Chicago. And it's funny, in the original, I felt like there were things that looked grimy and disgusting. That's just the way it looks back then in the 80s. But then there are things even now that I'm like, oh, that doesn't, like their apartment at times looked a little gritty. The outdoors looked awful. I guess my thing is, we know this takes place after Christmas because mm. at one point one of the characters has to remove Christmas lights, yet it didn't look that cold. There's no snow on the ground. Not Chicago if this is cold. Chicago <laughs> in January or February, we're going to see snow everywhere. I wish – this is a minor complaint. This should have been set in Christmas time. Everything needs to be set in Christmas time, but especially if it's a horror movie because you get the blood on the on the snow. We could do a it lot. looks awesome. I'm assuming this is just because of how where they shot it uh, time frame-wise. Mm-hmm. I also think this movie does a really bizarre job of making Chucky really sympathetic because the bulk of the characters he kills for most of the movie are despicable human beings. Yeah. (laughs) And for the first hour or so, I don't say 45 minutes, Chucky is taught bad language. He's learning all of the violent tendencies from the people around him or Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. And I felt sorry for Chucky. Yeah. That's weird to me, too. Don't do it. Just make him crazy. Go back to the homicidal maniac. I See, I didn't mind that so much, but there is this element of where Andy, because you, you still feel a little sympathetic for Andy. At times, I At would time. say. Yeah, I mean. But not as much as the, Chucky. He's not the one doing all the bad stuff, though. Well, you know, even Brian said that on Jimmy Fallon last week, he said, I cried over uh, Chucky. And it was basically that was used as like clickbait to get people to watch the interview. It got me anyways. And 
he said that he felt very sympathetic for Chucky as well. Where watching this movie, and it's so funny that he as a growing star like he, he goes and watches movies still. And he'll go in by himself, just sit down. And so when while I watching I want to go sit and watch a movie with, with him. him. Well, he and taking a quick tangent, he said while he did that, he got a preview of Joker. And he's in that. <laughs> yes. And he said people were turning around and looking at him, and he was like trying to hide his face. And he's like, "Oh, right, I was in that movie too." He's not. So he's got Joker coming up, the woman in the window, which I don't know what that is. I Super don't. intelligence. Don't know what that is. Next year, Godzilla versus Kong, which Ooh. I assume is still going to happen. Yeah. Even though Godzilla is a stinker. Last and, year, though. And my most excited for what's coming up, Atlanta season three. Don't know when that will be, though. I mean, it's, I haven't finished season two yet. Oh, what? I know. I'm really oh, bad. That's so good. Paper boy. Always back that paper boy. If you ain't on your brand, then you flexing, use a hater boy. What else didn't you like about Child's Play? The other thing that I really didn't like is that it does feel a little disposable, the film overall. And after watching it, I've been trying to put my finger on it. I had a lot of fun with it. And I really, like while sitting through that and after, thought that's the most fun I feel like I've had watching a horror film in a while. What about Ma? I'm more fun watching this than Ma. Yeah, this, but it is along those lines of, I know what I want, give me that for 90 minutes. And this checks all the boxes. And with this being a surprise, it is teasing ahead. I think it ranks higher for me than Ma because of that reason. It is what it is. It's what I wanted. It's a surprise in a lot of ways because I really thought this was going to be bad. One other question. It, it The movie goes so far as to change the plot very drastically. And we mentioned earlier Aubrey Plaza is much younger than she is in the original and Andy is much older would this, I must wonder, they had a probably like a brother or sister relationship, I yeah. feel like in this one. I'm wondering if that would have been more interesting. Oh. Is she's now taking care of him because maybe mom and dad died? Because we know in this one, she's just like, I I had a lot of fun on my sweet 16 or whatever. So yeah. she, or she was very active or something. So we know she's very young and they make comments about that. But I kind of wonder if we're going to change so much, maybe tweak that a little bit because their relationship was different. I liked their dynamic at times. Did you like Plaza? Very indifferent, to be honest. Yeah, she's all right. I thought she was fine. I actually think all three leads are good. Yeah, I, I would say that Plaza in the beginning I really liked. She, as I said earlier, brought her unique sensibilities to this film, but there wasn't anything that really made it stand out. I'm glad to see her in a role like this because I feel like it makes her more diverse and opens her up to a possibility of playing in more horror films. And I'm glad that she wasn't just this character who was easily and quickly offed or was a disposable character overall. I think that she really earned a lot of what she was going through. But I was more enamored by the detective. I'll say that. <laughs> I know. So we think Andy's good. Another question yeah. I have is he's deaf in this movie. And it really plays no part into the plot. So yeah. why are we doing this? I really wondered where they would take that. Yeah, it never I don't really know. It seemed a tad misguided. It never really advanced, except for toward the end and when we start hearing him through that. But that's it. Yeah. You know, it's just something to the character. I don't know. Yeah. That that was just okay. So 
Mm-hmm. Let's do our final grade real quick. Sure. For Child's Play 2019, I'm going to say B. I'm going with the flat B for Buddy. It rings higher for me than, than Ma. Um, well, don't spoil that, dog. Well, that's it. That's That's all. Now, quick moment to talk about this episode's sponsor, Kaslin. If you want technology that can improve your day-to-day life and also bring you closer together with your family and community, look no further than Kaslin. They promise cutting-edge technology paired with intuitive functionality. And you'll find that promise in products like the brand-new Kaslin drone, the K1 speaker, and the Buddy 2, which includes different models like the Buddy Bear Check out caslincorp.com for more information. Now back to the show. One last question. And maybe, I don't know if Don Mancini, if you're listening, we love your work, you might want to cover your ears. <laughs> Do we want more of this Child's Play reboot? Do we want a two and a three? We have to. I uh, want a sequel. I would like to see what's next, as I said at the beginning of the episode, because there. More or less at the end of the film, everything goes haywire. And it's assumed that Buddy or Chucky has taken over all of the Buddies, right? He's more or less worked as a virus. Yeah, at least one. And we we get these, which honestly more creepy than Chucky, it's those bear Buddies. It was the bear Buddy and it reminded me of the little bear from AI. (laughs) That at the time people were like, this is creepy. It's got the voice of an old man. Uh, yeah, so at the end of this movie, <laughs> the Buddy 2s are launching, and there are all sorts of different buddies, and we have a bear buddy, and they all go haywire. And I really thought that was going to be the sequel, but they kind of go all in with this first one. I don't know. I, I guess my worry of having a second one is I feel like we've already seen what they're going to do, and it's just going to be a 1,001 Chuckies losing their mind. Yeah. But there's a good thing. I think if they do a sequel – Chucky can be just full-blown Chucky as we've seen in the originals and just let him be a maniac. I think if they go in the, that direction, that's what will happen. The other thing, too, that carries the original movies is in order for the serial killer to become a human again, he needs to take over the body of the first person he ever told of who he was, right. about what he did. So that drives all those stories because he's constantly after Andy. In this one, there's nothing really driving the story other than his obsession with Andy. Now, it does play off a little bit like Joker and Batman, where um, it's this character that's so obsessed that he doesn't want to kill the other person. He just really wants to torture him. And He in just this, wants to be friends. He doesn't want yeah. anybody else in their life. And in this case, yeah, Buddy or Chucky just wants to be Andy's best friend. And he's trying to take everyone out. There's something really eerie about that and creepy that also why I like this film a lot. That the original we didn't get. We just got this deranged killer in the original Chucky. And this time, it's almost where this computer wants to be his friend, no matter what. What was your best death of this new film? At one point, we meet this pervert. And we, he's, the, he's the apartment, is he like a maintenance man or something? Yeah. But he's hiding cameras in people's bathrooms, which is disturbing. Somehow he gets one in like Aubrey Plaza's kitchen or some woman's kitchen. He has a bloody death. I don't know. His is good, but the, the um, 
uh, Aubrey Plaza's boyfriend who gets killed. Yeah. He has a good death, too. I would say actually maybe his. He's wrapped up in Christmas lights and gets his head cut off by a... What, well, I don't even know what that is. It was it's a like a plow. wood chipper or something. It was, it was like this plow that um, that was pretty crazy. And that's really the first major kill we got. I have to go with the maintenance man. And he was sick. Just he look, looked like yeah. Jack Black, by the way. Yes. I thought that was so hilarious because in the previews, I asked myself the first time I saw the, the major trailer to Child's Play, is Jack Black doing this film? And even while watching this, it seemed like Jack Black. That guy's been earning a paycheck by getting roles that Jack Black <laughs> did not want. I also thought it was hilarious. This this may come off really bad, but the time Chucky is learning to be violent and the cat scratches Andy and Andy walks in and he's strangling the cat. Oh. It was bad, but it was just like... Could you imagine walking in? My first thought is if you walk in and you see a doll like Chucky and it's strangling a cat like that, what would you do? Like you'd be pretty freaked out, right? I did not like the cat part. Like that was one of those situations. And I knew as soon as the cat was introduced, because I don't think we got that in the trailer, I knew where we were going with that. And I thought, yep, that's going to be the first victim. But... The other thing about kind of playing off of the the best death, I will say that's my YouTube moment for the guy who he is hanging, uh, the maintenance man's hanging on this pipe and trying to escape. And then Chucky decides to crank up the heat and he has to fall <laughs> on his table saw. <laughs> he has to. He could have moved, shimmied down the pipe and then jumped down, but no, he... He had to die, gruesome death. I like. I think my YouTube moment. I like the Zedmart massacre. Oh yeah, that's that good. one's fun. I I don't know. The deaths in this movie are pretty awesome. I actually thought Andy's mom died. I thought her neck got snapped. She probably should have. I honestly, that would have been pretty. That I feel like that would have advanced the story for the next film, where we end up having. Like he's Andy. in a home or something? Yeah, that, but also Andy is so distraught, and he's now seeking revenge, but Buddy, or Chucky, has taken over all of the Buddies as this virus, and Andy's decided he won't stop at anything until he destroys the AI and takes out Kaslam. And then it basically becomes the same as, once again, T2. Whenever John Connor and Sarah Connor say, we got to get rid of this corporation, before Skynet happens. There's a moment late in the movie, and it it was focused on Andy, and it reminded me of a shot of from T2, where the sparks are flying in the background. Yeah. So I think they maybe have a little fun with some of the visuals, too. Well, I was going to say the other major nostalgic scene and reference, whenever the cop car comes up and it says, you're coming with me, dead or alive. Well, that was RoboCop. Yeah, a direct nod to RoboCop. And the scene, the other scene I really liked, the kids at the end all decide to go RoboCop on Chucky whenever they're beating him up. beating him up. Yeah. And that... I still felt bad for Chucky. I did, but... Even after all, even though he's a cat killer, (laughs) I felt bad. And this deranged AI guy. I loved it. I want to watch this again. Do you think you'll see it again... In theaters. No, I never do that. But you'll you'll definitely buy it right away. 
I honestly, yeah, I, I think so. It's a good October movie. Are you ready to dive into which did it better? This is where we talk about the new film and the old film, and we simply compare what film did it better. Let's start off with the look of Chucky. Which film do you think is the best version of Chucky, just with the original Child's Play and the new version? I honestly think the new one's kind of creepier. He has, He's got, like, chipmunk cheeks. <laughs> he has this almost blankness to him, but there are times where Andy is trying to get him to smile and do all of these crazy things that it does make him creepy. Hmm. I think my final answer, I'll go, you got to go OG. So I'm going to say the original Chucky is better. I'm saying the original Chucky, mainly because he was just so iconic, that look. What about the sound, the voice of Chucky, which was better? Obviously, Brad Dorff. Yep, 100%, I agree. And this is a good time that I want to bring it up. Brad was inspired by The Shining and Jack Nicholson's character to more or less perform as like what he would be like in the body of Chucky. I love that the original Child's Play is really an ode to a lot of original films kind of of that time but even this new this modern child's play is an ode to a lot of older nostalgic 80s slasher horror sci-fi films what about chucky overall og baby this is where it's tough because i think that chucky is really good but there's something about this ai version that has more potential to do more danger more damage and is just straight up scary. I have to say the new on this. Wow. Brad just does, I just think the voodoo stuff is the best. It definitely makes him something that we can't get in this new film. And I think that's where the clear differences lie. What about the actors? Which film did you have more fun with those actors? This new one, outside of Dorf as Charles Lee Ray. Everyone else in the original is just okay. Yeah. I Even don't know. Andy? I, the original Andy? And the, yeah. So Alex Vincent, who plays Andy in the originals, in, especially in that first one, he plays Andy because Andy's always looking around for Chucky because he's the only one that knows what's happening. But he plays, he plays Andy like he's a blind boy. Well, and he's such a slob. I never oh, realized my God. that. He does a breakfast in bed moment. That's how we're introduced. He's making breakfast in bed for his mom. That scene gave me, it's the sloppiest meal you've ever seen in your life. It gave me actual anxiety. <laughs> yeah, me it's too. slopping all over the place. <laughs> and then he's running down the hall to give it to her. Milk is spilling everywhere. So is orange juice. Disgusting. This giant he's blob sugar butter. all over his cereal. Now here, but, but I will say, the original film played into this idea of consumerism, this overindulgence, kind of like what... George, George Romero did with Dawn of the Dead. That's what really fueled Mancini to write the original Child's Play, this obsession with consumers buying up these dolls. and like Cabbage Patch Kids yeah, and stuff like that. And I think the film in the very beginning, when we're introduced to Andy, we see that he's overindulging in sugar and cereal, milk, everything. That's where in the original, I think, it, it did something... Of that time, it captured what was going on. And I remember that. I do remember things, even though I was more or less 
just being born, I, while watching that in the early 90s, can remember moments like that where the marketing and and, uh, seeing something on TV or this idea of consumerism was at its peak for that. Now it exists in a completely different way, and I think the new one is able to. This one has its own take on that. Sure. But... Actors, that's tough. I'm going. I may say that the new. I had more fun with them. You love Brian Tyree. You got to go with him. And Plaza, I, I, I think there are moments I liked her. I think she's good. Yeah, like you said, the 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 three main characters, they they were solid. Scariness. Which film was better for being scary? Neither. I think this new one plays more as a. It's got these gruesome moments, but I think it's funnier. The original is funny in a different way just because of what Chucky is saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think either of them are really scary. Maybe I might give the original the nod, though. I have to say the original because there are moments where I legit was kind of freaked out by I think Chucky. Chucky is scarier in the original because of he's a serial killer. And when he goes like rage mode, he's just <laughs> screaming his head off, which is frightening because he's like an actual like killer that people know it's frightening and and hilarious at the same time well it's funny to see a grown man struggle with a doll that's clearly <laughs> not moving now what what about fun which one is more fun because new one for sure yeah i i would agree story i like the original better yeah agreed and music can you say a lot i know you you like the new music right I do. I think Zobert McCreary did the new one, and it's basically the same theme as the original, but all the music he said he did for this new movie, he did um, with, I guess, kids' toys and kids' mm. instruments and stuff like that, and that's fun. Overall, for music, I have to say the original. The new, it definitely takes on this, like what you were saying for Bear. That's definitely respectable. I like that. Are we ready to get into the original Child's Play? I'm always ready, baby. Let's do it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about Child's Play. So as we were talking earlier, Child's Play 1988 version, almost 30 years ago now, it's where a deranged criminal takes over the body of a good guy's doll. And he vows to come back and kill the detective who killed him and his partner who ran out on him, who left him to die. It sounds like the plot of a Quentin Tarantino revenge (laughs) flick. Here's the thing that I found so fascinating. Don Mancini is the writer, and he created this whenever he was a junior in college. Did you know that? I did, yeah, of course. He was such a young guy. And I found that to be interesting that not only did he finish the script, he got it out there, but no one picked it up. No one really wanted it. But whenever it landed on the desk of a producer, they said, you know, this sounds great, but we need to make it a little different because Don originally wanted the story to be very... Christine, the story of like Stephen King's Christine, where this doll is something that Andy becomes so obsessed with that whenever Andy goes to sleep, 
he becomes the doll of Chucky, and he ends up going and killing, like, his mother's boyfriend. He goes out and kills random people. So he's more or less consumed by this consumerism or this doll. I found that to be really interesting. So script doctors came on, touched it up, and Child's Play became what it now is known for. Is directed by Tom Holland, not, you know, like Spider-Man Tom Holland. No, Tom Holland behind one of my favorite horror films of all time. What's that? Fright Night. Oh, yeah. The original 1985 movie with Chris Sarandon, who is in Child's Play. Loves that. Fright Night, the masterpiece. You know that Tom Holland is also the main reason why Brad Dwarf who voices Chucky, was mm-hmm. brought on to Child's Play because Tom worked with Brad on is it Fatal Attraction with Whoopi Goldberg that came out in 1987, a year before. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of Sister Act. Sister Act. That's, that's the better version. Here I found it also to be interesting that um, we get Catherine Hicks, who plays the mother, Alex Vincent, you noted, as Andy, earlier and then ed gale ed gale if you remember was the stunt double for chucky in this and he also played in howard the duck i assume chucky was a child for some of these scenes so it was a human it was a man yeah why did i say human being (laughs) (laughs) clearly it was a human being thing that i thought was probably the most interesting they really got a lot of different um, Fatal Beauty, that's it. I wanted to go back. Not Fatal Attraction. That was Sharon Stone. Fatal Beauty was the film that Tom Holland worked on with Brad. Um, so Ed Gale at times would literally dress up as Chucky. And remember the fireplace scene toward the end whenever he comes down? He looks so real like a real person and he kicks open the little gate to keep the in the fireplace. I laughed so much during that. That was hilarious. Whenever he looks like a real human, even though he was hilarious, that's what was so scary to me. That's what was frightening. Well, he's so quick at times. Quick, but he becomes more human as in later in the movie it's talked about. The more he's the more time he spends in this doll's body, the more human he becomes. So he actually bleeds. He bleeds. If you, I guess his yeah. heart grows in there because he has a heart somehow. <laughs> and I found that to be hilarious whenever he's moving around and cursing because he's just this little man more or less. This guy <laughs> who, Brad, you just like miniaturize him and put him in this doll. He's hilarious because he wants to get out of this body so bad because it's a doll. Just and stay in the doll body. He should have because he could get away with so much more. But he doesn't like it. As the movie progresses... They talk... You know, in those later movies, they talk about his penis size. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and like the, like the I, Chucky films. Yeah. So <laughs> like that's, when he has a baby and stuff. I mean, I could see that. I was thinking, wait, did that happen in the first Child's Play? But No, we didn't. Yeah. I was surprised if that was a Marvel movie, they would have talked about his penis. <laughs> well, you know, that's their ongoing gag. But that's where, going back to, I said that this original film, to me, was scarier because of that. There's also a scene where we see Chucky crawling up the steps to get to Andy. Terrifying. It's like a wide shot, like from far away, and you see him creeping up the steps. Yeah, that's creepy. And he looks like a little child. Now, they also got 
more or less a a baby to do that. They said they hired, I believe, a two year old child to crawl dressed up. I'm not joking. You're I'm, lying. No, I'm being a hundred percent serious. They actually got a child, dressed the child up to be like Chucky, and then that's one of the scenes where he he was crawling up the steps. But that just to me, I, there's no way that the new Chucky could look that way other than looking more or less CGI. But that's where the f- the first film really succeeded in just freaking me out. Now, I want to talk about the budget. The original made for $9 million and went on to make $44.2 million in the box office. I wanna also want to talk about the story because this was, at the time, I mean, that's $9 million in 88. That's a lot of money. It is. But it was also a surprise hit. That's a lot of money right now. Yeah. I mean, we're making... Well, look at this current Child's Play film. A lot of people are saying that it's around the 10 to $15 million mark. And if this is made, the current, made for basically the same as the original, then that that's kind of crazy to think about that, just due to inflation. But the first film kind of went through some tough... I'm going to say reshoots, but they changed quite a bit around because Tom Holland, he ended up um, having some differences with how this looked. And I'm going to go back to Don Mancini, though. When he wrote this and he came up with that, the story was originally titled Batteries Not Included. Found out Steven Spielberg was working on a film of the same name. He said, you know what? No, I'm going to do something totally different. So he ended up calling it Child's Play. I think there was another title in between those batteries not included in Child's Play. But Don was inspired by the trilogy of terror and also a Twilight Zone episode known as Taki Tina or the, the doll of Taki Tina. So we have our Twilight Zone inspirations there. The doll design was by Kevin Yeager, who worked on Tales from the Crypt. So we get kind of that. Do you get some of those vibes? While watching the first? A little bit. Mancini wrote an episode of that, by the way. I love that Mancini. He's kind of been all over the place with that for working and, and writing on various shows and films. So Child's Play went on to earn the status of the second highest grossing horror film of 1988, just behind Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. Let's talk about fill in the blank. Child's Play original is fill in the blank. I want to call it a horror classic, but that seems like a bold statement. I felt like the same, but after sitting on this for a while, I'm going with Child's Play 1988 is a shot of nostalgic delight. Because Chucky is among the horror icon greats. Yeah, I, I love so much about it. What holds up about this film? The, the introduction of this movie, I think, is a lot of fun. But when Chucky starts going on a killing spree... <laughs> And Andy starts losing his crap. I think this movie, the last maybe 40 minutes are pretty amazing. Whenever he's completely unhinged. There are times that it seems to drag a little bit, but it's very breezy. The first film's very breezy. It there's a, you have to set it up a little bit. And there's they spend a lot of time where Andy's, no one believes Andy. I also think that the original design of Chucky, to me, I feel like that really holds up. You know, it's crazy. So in this original movie, the good guy doll, they say at one point cost $100 to buy. This is 1988. That's outrageous. Karen ends up buying this doll from some bum on the street (laughs) 
for thirty dollars. <laughs> he that guy got ripped. Yeah, one hundred dollars. But that's way too much. Whenever, Is that even realistic in any way? I mean, I remember toys being really expensive, but what would that go for now? And you'd be spending like three hundred dollars. Yeah, that's way too much. But with with that being inflation, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. The good guy dolls were inspired by the My Buddy of the 80s, as well as the Cabbage Patch Kids. So one of the other things, too, the original plot, this says it was to have a lifelike good guy doll that had blood and latex skin. And then it says Andy does a blood brother pact. He cuts his hand and mixes it with the blood of Chucky's, and that makes Chucky come alive. Do you like that? No. <laughs> it's it's not the greatest, I would say. I think the idea of like having a doll that can bleed would be pretty crazy. But no one on earth would make a toy like that. No. That'd be disgusting. Well, and parents I don't they don't want to clean parent, that mess yeah. up. Not only that, but they would be really horrified. You would be spending $100 to, to trash buy a your toy house. that just gets ooze everywhere. <laughs> The, I think the thing that I like the most that holds up surprisingly is this story that this deranged guy decides, you know what, I'm just going to take over the body of a doll. It's funny, but at the same time, it's just a lot of fun. What doesn't hold up? There are a lot of moments where you could kill Chucky so easily and they have such a hard time. <laughs> You know, the original version was over two hours long. And they I want to say there was one point it was three hours long. <sighs> Apparently, they spent a ton of time with Chucky and Charles, the, the deranged killer, before he turns into Chucky. And I love how Chucky just keeps going in and watching TV. He wants, I love it that he <laughs> wants to watch the 9 o'clock news. That's like one of the things that sets him off is he doesn't get to. <laughs> There's so so much that it's just hilarious to see. One big question, too. Uh, for Andy's birthday, he's originally not given a good guy doll. He's given, um, I guess it's like a toolbox of good guy toys. Mm -hmm. And it has like a little hammer and stuff like that. And that hammer is later used to kill Andy's babysitter. <laughs> what, what kind of toy is this that you could hit a woman so hard she flies... <laughs> Four feet backwards out of a back window. It's obviously something that every child wanted in the 80s. Do you think this movie maybe is responsible in a lot of ways for why a lot of people are scared of little people? Well, I will say that whenever the film first came out, parents were terrified of the influence this would have on their kids because of this doll taking over and committing these murderous acts that... It was received kind of poorly, even though it did oh, really sure well. It was. But, you know, parents like freaked out over this. <laughs> this is a good time to bring up this this story because when this movie came out and it was a lot like the My Buddy dolls, but I ended up getting some uh, more or less this figure that looked a lot like Chucky as a kid. And I thought it'd be hilarious to torment my cousins with it. So one of my favorite gags as a kid, I would put it on the toilet, like just where it's sitting down. And as they would get out of the shower, 
they would walk out and find it staring at them. And so you were sneaking into your uh, cousins while they showered then to the bathroom. Yeah, I was a kid at the time. And but that sounds like the pervert from the new one. Yeah, it does. But all I would do is run in, set it you up, sniff their clothes while you, while you were hiding just, in there. I would set up the doll and I thought it was hilarious to like freak them out. But not only that, I would like put it in like around the corner when they'd walk around like I would use the doll and needless to say, it didn't last very long. And it started out like very innocent. But I had a cousin who was terrified of the doll. And he would, I called him Chucky, just to try to establish like I was a little deranged. And we were like maybe two years apart. But I can't remember how old I was. I was like super young and not really seeing the movie. I had seen the trailers and knew that he was up to no good. But... I think at one time my cousin ripped his head off. He was that oh. mad. He was he was so mad. But it was it was just something that if I still had that today, being being a grown man, I would pull that on other people. Like at work, I'd still oh, do that. Oh, for sure. I think that's fun. I think that's all in good fun. Now, obviously, I couldn't do the bathroom gag anymore now that I'm not <laughs> five years old. But Chucky could though. Yeah, that's why Charles Lee Ray. He, he needed to, like, rethink what he was doing because he could have a lot of fun. Hey, one thing we didn't talk about that still holds up with the originals is the animatronics. Yeah. The I, puppetry in that first one's still pretty good. I think this new one's all right. But that's what costs so much in the original film, the yeah, animatronics and this to, to create this lifelike doll. Are you glad in this new one they didn't make Chucky CG? Yes. Because I think I only I only remember maybe one scene where he moved so fluidly it had to have been CG. Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, we get some of that in the the end whenever he's more or less becoming more and more real. I'm glad that they stuck to this clunkiness of how a toy would move. What would you say is your your MVP of the original film? Uh, BD Brad Dorf. Yeah, me too. You just can't get any better than that. Best death. I I like the um, the voodoo teacher getting killed. Yeah, I like this idea of where it's the teacher, this master who's more or less being overthrown by his pupil. His and student. I like too that he didn't teach him that to do what he's doing. He he like wants no part of this killer toy yeah. thing. Is this high on your rewatchability? I feel like I've seen this one a lot, but rewatching it. There was so much I forgot about in the last half hour, including the death of John Bishop, which is the voodoo teacher. What about... I've totally forgotten that that was even yeah. a thing. Now, what about the the new film? Is it... Do you think that the original film has a higher rewatchability? I would say um, let's do a double feature. They're probably on par with one another. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I For the YouTube moment, it's kind of tough, but I think it may be... Whenever the detective is wrestling with Chucky and it's clearly just a doll. I just, I, I'm curious, like, as an actor, do you think this is it? I'm done after this? Asking that question about, like, when you're in that element of now you're resorting to starring in a movie where a doll is becoming a killer. I think in the 80s, like the 70s, 80s, that was more of an issue of, like, wow, I'm now, I've, now become this actor. Like, I have to take these roles. Because I remember hearing from, was it, yeah, it was uh, 
Clue Golgalger uh, from Return of the Living Dead whenever he said that he took over that role. And he's like, well, I guess my history as a as an actor is now down the tubes because of like I'm ma- being in this made for TV movie. And that I would say is my favorite cult film of all time. So overall grade of the original film. Uh, B. Yeah, I was getting ready to say B plus just because of we end up having the voice of Chucky and it's just so fun at times. Yeah, I'll go, go ahead and say B plus. I'm saying B plus just because the voice is just so much fun. That's going to do it for us this time. Coming up next, we've got Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, hey, summer rankings, Dodge. Oh, shoot. I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. We got five movies we got to rank. That's right. Summer movie ranking where we have five films, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Let's have the rankest at number five, Men in Black International. Yep. Pretty rank. Number four, Brightburn. Wow. Four on up, I like. Okay. I would say four on up, I like as well. I would see again of those. My number four, Ma. Woo. Yeah. My number three, Ma. Okay. Mine, <laughs> surprisingly, it may be pretty surprising. CP? Child's play, yeah. Okay. So Brightburn's very high for you. I thought a lot about this. And Brightburn is I number feel like two. I didn't love that one. Bright, well, after thinking about it, it was it was okay, but I liked this originality to it, even though it really wasn't original. Yeah, they like kind of trick you into thinking it's a little more original than it is. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's one of those hybrid films, and I may end up, as you say, reshuffling, but my first reaction was to put Brightburn at number two just because it did something that all these other films... Well, I mean, Ma is new and original, but Mibby's not new. Child's Play isn't new. Number two. This one I struggled with because I almost had Ma number two, but I'm putting Child's Play. Okay. And again, these are only movies that we cover on the show. Mm-hmm. We're excluding stuff that we see outside and don't talk about. We got some good ones coming out. What's your number two, Ma? No, or number no, Brightburn. Yeah, number two is Brightburn, and then Endgame at the top. Yeah, Endgame is still number one. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. But before we go, as I started teasing earlier, up next we've got Spider-Man: Far From Home, and we're calling an audible. We are, but it's still going to be a hot, 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 audible, audible. And it's it's uh, we just scored a touchdown. <laughs> We're going to with this. We haven't scored yet. This could be really stupid. It's going. It will be. What 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 are we pairing up with? Spider Man Far From Home. We originally were going to do um, Spider Man Homecoming because why not? Why wouldn't yeah. you cover the first movie? Obvious choice. That's been scrapped. We scrapped Iron Man. Wanted to return to the origins. Decided not to. We're doing Spider Man Far From Home. We're also going to cover the nineteen. 19- 95 family drama, Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog. have no idea where we can get that film. <laughs> <laughs> iTunes. It's on iTunes. As, now, as we were talking Actually, about... Actually, you know what? It might be on HBO now right now. Oh. Well, then I'll probably go home right after this and watch it. It's a movie I did not see in theaters, but I fondly remember seeing the poster for it mm-hmm. and the preview. I... Remember this movie based solely, I've never seen it, 
but solely on walking into the video store and always walking past this rack and that film on VHS was there, never rented it. Always, I felt like I knew the movie because of how many times I saw it. Well, now you know, so if you want to join us for that episode and us talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, go back and rewatch Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog. I'm excited to see what we're getting ourselves into. Probably a tearjerker. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'll be a little bit like a dog's journey or whatever, those new films that are coming out. Also, the same week that Spider-Man is coming out, there's a movie called Midsummer coming out. At the middle of the year, Midsummer. So if you want to watch that, we're also covering that as a bonus episode. Ooh. While we come to a pause, don't forget that you can rate us and subscribe so that you know when a new Quality Check podcast episode drops into your podcast player. Follow us on Twitter at Quality Check Pod, on Instagram at Quality Check Podcast, or send us an email to qualitycheckpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, we're friends till the end. You are my buddy until the end. More than a buddy, you're my best friend. I love you more than you will ever know. I will never let you go. Quality Check Podcast is part of the Studio DNA Network.